0: You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Boness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church or service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Hi guys, welcome to Riverview Church. My name's Andrew and I'm one of the leaders here and uh, I'm excited to be able to share with you today what I feel God's put on my heart and I'm excited for you to be able to join me as well, uh, and to be in the church building is great because I've not been in here for ages. So it's great that you're here and welcome if you're visiting today. Like a, a lot of people um, during the lockdown, I've been uh, had a little bit of time to watch TV uh, with my wife, and uh, we've been currently going through the Marvel series films. And uh, right from the beginning, we've been working through them. I've heard quite a few people say this, but it's a great, really entertaining series of films, and. Uh, It's also really interesting to see that as people we we have this innate desire to create and imagine worlds and beasts and objects of power and beyond the natural. And it's really a desire for the supernatural. And the whole whole series is about a bunch of individual characters who possess or they're given these great supernatural powers beyond their normal human abilities. And they have to learn how to use and wield uh, these powers in the power struggle. Uh, between good and evil and between those who want to use it for themselves and and for those who want to use it for the good of everyone and they usually have these temptations uh, to keep this power and to and they have to overcome their their own selfishness uh, and their own will and there's quite a few interesting parallels with biblical principles and some of them are, are a bit tenuous um obviously but still <laughs> uh, a lot of the main time a lot of the time the main parallel is uh is that they have to get over themselves, uh, and that sounds pretty familiar to all of us, I'm sure. They occasionally use some actual direct quotes from the Bible in these films, which is really interesting as well, because uh, though there's a lot of people who would uh, deny and condemn the Bible as nonsense and fairy tales, they also would enjoy to imagine and immerse themselves in the internal desire for the supernatural, and and they actually pick out some of these parts and use parts of the Bible in, in these films. If there's something built into us that uh, it's it's almost like we know that there's more to human life uh, that we can't see and understand. We know that there's forces out there that are much bigger than us that are at work in the universe. And you must be wondering at the moment where I'm going with this with all this Marvel stuff. But we uh, we recently watched uh, Marvel film Iron Man Two. And these films have been out for ages, so I'm really sorry if I, I hit any spoilers, because, I mean, come on guys, if you've not seen them by now, then you need to, you need to get on with it and, and, and have a watch of them. But maybe you can pick them up after. But I'm sorry if I spoil any of it for you anyway. But the whole premise of the Iron Man films is it's about a genius inventor who invents a mechanical suit of armour for himself. Um, and it's because he realises that he's going to have to fight this battle in order to save himself and his friend against an army. And he refines and he hones the suit until it's an incredible uh, machine that he can, means he can fly and he can shoot lasers and blasters out of his hands and stuff. And uh, basically he can take on any evil that he encounters. And he also spends a huge amount of time um, trying to get over his massive ego. And, uh, but what I want to use as an example today is how we think about the armour of God. Uh, that we're called to wear this suit of armour and that we can choose to wear it. And We have to regularly pick this up and put it on. And I'm going to go into scripture now, which will be uh, a relief for some of you. Um, so if you want to turn to Ephesians 6.10, uh, we're going to look at the armour of God together. So verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God, For all the Lord's people, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So the first thing is that we need to be aware of the situation. Um, you might think all the comparisons and, and references that I make into those films is just fantastical and crazy. But let me tell you, there's a very real spiritual force in this world. Uh, uh, The spiritual forces in this world are are, are real, and Paul says that our fight is with them. We ignore and we dull down spiritual things in this country, and that in itself is a work of the enemy. It's to lull into passivity, a nation which once predominantly turned to the Bible, to the rock and the spirit. Dull to the spirit who breathed life into churches and moves of God, which drove and pioneered equality and liberty, goodness and godliness, to eventually form most of the laws that we have and our fair, good and peaceful society, and the one that we want to live in. The enemies dulled the senses of our nation to the spiritual forces at work. It's because it's the easiest way to dull the senses to the Holy Spirit. But if you're not for him, you may as well be against him. That's what It says in Matthew 12, 30. This spiritual passivity uh, leads us to indulge in selfishness and to do what's best for me. And once again, to parallel with the Iron Man films, everything always goes terribly wrong whenever he lets his tiny, puny human body indulge his own giant genius ego. The whole idea of spiritual realms and power which is bigger than our own, has been relegated to entertainment, to fantasy. The very successful Marvel franchise that I'm referring to, hopefully I don't get sued for this, is a a very real reflection of society putting this in a box, uh, but then being hungry for more of it. On the surface, it's just entertainment, but there is truth to the deep hunger and the desire for the supernatural. Ideas and imagination of power sources And unseen struggles in in the heavenlies are represented here, but only as fantasy. The reality is that we know of the spiritual realm and the battles commencing all the time. This is not fantasy. So we need to be awake and aware. In verse 10 of this passage, Paul starts with, be strong. It's like a command, not, not try to be. He's saying, get your strength from God his mighty power. He is a superpower. He is supernatural. He is the ultimate power in the universe that the Marvel creators attempt to imagine and to portray. And as good as some of these creative attempts are, the best earthly imaginations and ideas and CGI can't even begin to display the authority and the power and magnitude of God. Our most creative efforts just scratch the surface. He says, in you know, verse 11, put on the armor so that you can stand against the devil schemes and that you can keep standing. He's saying you need to be in the spiritual battle. You need this to remain standing. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. What a statement that is, I nearly couldn't say it there. But our struggle isn't with the stuff that we can see, with flesh and blood, the things that we'd assume it was against, but it's with the rulers and the authorities and the powers of this dark world. It's with spiritual forces of evil. Oh man, that's heavy. That's like Marvel comic stuff right there. And it's something that our puny humanists could never attempt to defend against, let alone actually fight against on our own. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. It's in hearts and minds and spirit. And the battles that are fought are fought in the spirit. So he's highlighting here the situation. Uh, He's clarifying it for us. Guys, this is what's going on. Prepare yourself. And the only way you're going to be able to stand up against this is if you've got spiritual protection from God. We've got to keep focused on where we get our strength from And how powerful God is. So Paul started with referencing who the superpower is and what the situation is. And then he starts to open up with what to do. Wearing the armour, how do we wear this practically? And most of you, like me, will probably remember a lot of this from Sunday school where you're you're colouring in a cartoon of a Roman soldier with the armour on. Um, But it's more serious. I mean, how do you actually wear this armour day to day? In verse 13 he says, therefore put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. This is brilliant, he's saying this is the answer. Here's the provision, the iron man suit, put it on so that you can stand your ground. And in verse 14 he goes on to list the things which he likens to elements of the armour, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of the gospel of peace the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The big question is, what does it even mean to put the armour on? Maybe like me, sometimes you need to remind yourself of the principles of it and you you do it your own way. Uh, I like to actively speak out the elements of the armour and imagine that I'm actually wearing them. Not like a Roman soldier of old, but like Iron Man, where he's being clothed and the suit's mechanical on it. It's all around, and yeah, it's amazing. You need to watch the film. But uh, yeah, it clothes him with protection and power, uh, and that works for me. I like to speak out these elements to remind myself of them. Um, However, what what Paul's really talking about here, he's not just talking about speaking out um, about the elements of the armour. He's saying, as a Christian, don't neglect one of these things. You need to consistently align your focus, he's saying, to all these essential elements to be prepared, to be ready to go into battle at any time. Because the battle is constant. So what he's really highlighting here with the whole armour picture is don't forget your salvation, your righteousness, your faith, the gospel, the truth and the word. Don't forget all the things that Jesus has done for you. You need all these things to go about your day. Don't neglect or forget any of them. So the first thing is the belt of truth. He's saying stay true, speak truth, remember the truth of who Christ is. John 14, 16, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Remember who he is in your life and who he is to the world. But I don't believe that this is just about living in the knowledge of of the truth of who Christ is, but also about being real and being authentic people, being true true. Uh, being sincere then he goes on to say put on the breastplate of righteousness and righteousness by definition actually means the quality of being morally right or justifiable through Jesus we are all being made righteous it's not by our own work but he says we should still seek after it in Matthew 6 33 it says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness Jesus also said we'd be blessed if we sought righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, it says in Matthew 5, 6. And in Romans six eighteen, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So putting on the breastplate of righteousness is remembering to seek after what is morally good and justifiable in God's eyes. In whatever situation come in, you come into, We've got to seek after goodness. And then he goes on to say, "And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace." And I think what he's saying here is, "Be ready, be ready with the gospel." Like me, you probably all remember when you were little and uh, your mum told you you were going out somewhere, and uh, and she says, "Are you ready?" And you're like, "Yeah." She says, "Have you got your coat on?" And you're like, "Yeah." Have you got your shoes on? No, and then you're not ready. You know you're you're not ready to go out the door, um, without your shoes on. And Iron Man also would uh, be pretty useless if he had this incredible suit of armor on, uh, but actually had bare feet. It just wouldn't work. So you got to be ready with the gospel of peace. If you walk in the protection and the power of the truth of the gospel, you're not going to get hurt feet when you stand on the little stones of the devil. Romans one sixteen says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, and then to the Gentile. There is power in the gospel. The next thing we need is to take up the shield of faith. In the moment when we're being attacked, have faith. Rest on the promises of God. This is what he's talking about. Hold up your faith. Our belief in who God is and what he's done in our lives. We've got to have faith. It's a powerful shield against the doubts thrown by the enemy and the circumstances we find ourselves in and all the ways that he's trying to attack us. It's like the force field in the Marvel films. Don't shy away, but activate your faith. It's like a force field. Then he goes on to say, take up the helmet of salvation I think that this means that he wants us to rejoice continually in our salvation. This will be a protection for our heads, and that's the bit that you need to operate the rest. Um, Same as in the films, he uses his helmet and his visor to control the rest of his suit. Um, We need to protect our heads, and when we repeatedly rejoice in our salvation, we're continually filled with joy in what he's done for us. Psalm 13.5 says, I trust in your unfailing love, my heart rejoices in your salvation. And rejoicing in our Saviour continually will remind us of what he's done for us and protect our minds against the enemy. And then he says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. When Jesus was facing trial and temptation in the desert, when he was in a spiritual battle, he used scripture against the devil like a weapon. In fact, he used it all over the place in loads of situations. Um, This is the firepower. This is the the weaponry of the suit. He's given us this effective weapon to use against the enemy. And Jesus' example, when the devil is coming at you with some lie, is to quote scripture at him. But we've got to get to know it. Uh, We need to spend time in the word and, uh, and get to know it to be able to use it effectively. I don't know who said it first, but I've heard quite a few people use the quote that the closed Bible is the sword in its sheath, and it's no good in its sheath. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Oof, that's a verse. And if you knew that verse was coming, that's good, because you probably got your sword out of its sheath. This word, this sword, this is the blasters of the Iron Man suit. It's a powerful weapon that can blow the enemy away. So to put on the armour, the whole armour, is to remember all these things daily. It's all there, the provision. If we remember them, then we won't be unprepared. Thirdly, the power source. In verse 15 he adds something which is not actually part of the armour, but I'd argue is possibly the most powerful element, and it's prayer. He says, pray all the time in the spirit, that all the time. Keep talking and communicating with God. Be alert, be awake. Don't fall asleep when you're on your guard. Praying is going to keep us in close relationship with the power source, and He's not an inan- oh, I can't say that word, an inanimate object like a power stone or a glowing cube like in those films. but he's a real person. Praying is going to keep us in relationship with the Father, who all things come from. Finally, he goes on to ask for prayer that he will be able to fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, that he may declare it fearlessly. Wow, Paul, this man who we revere, And we know as this mighty man of God, he knows that underneath his armour, he's just a man. Uh, He's just like me and you. And uh, he knows that everything he wants to do and everything that he needs to do can only happen by being armed and empowered by God. That he can only stand and declare fearlessly the gospel if he's living with the armour on, praying constantly in the spirit and being upheld in prayer by others powered by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise he's just a puny human and like Iron Man without his suit, uh, without his power source, when Iron Man is not in his suit he's just a weak and ordinary man like the rest and there are many occasions where he comes up against foes and he's not prepared and he doesn't have his suit on. And We can be like this, we can choose to walk around without clothing ourselves in the armour of God, unarmed, undefended from attack And often we can see the enemy attacks a little bit too late. Uh, He's already taken a good swing. But we need to be protected and ready to fight. The most awesome thing about all this is that it's real. It's not a fantastical idea imagined by somebody just for entertainment. We know and are connected to the ultimate incredible power source who is the ultimate creator of the universe. His armour is real. His power is real. He's provided us with the armour and weapons to wield in the spiritual battles that we face. This comes to the most awesome parallel that I've got with the Iron Man films. In the original, he's dying in a cave and he's got to fabricate this power source, uh, which he basically makes into his heart. And he runs on this power source and uh, and it powers his body and and it powers his armour as well. And he can't live without it. Something incredibly powerful has gone into his heart. And now powers his whole being in his armour. Guys, the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in you, in me. He is the power of God living in us. We can dull this down so much, the extremity of this reality, the vital protection and the fire power of God. Can you imagine? In the spiritual realm, the power of the Almighty. The most extreme power and authority in the, in the universe lives in you because he lives in you if you believe. These images that we see in these films that depict these incredible power sources are good comparisons for the power of the spirit because they depict so, a power so epic that it's beyond anyone earthly or anything else in the universe. And this is the actual reality of the God that we trust in, that we serve, that we love, and who loves us. When we are filled with the Spirit, he comes to dwell in our hearts, to power our being and our going, to give life to us and to the armour that we wear. This is incomparable strength and power that is more incredible than anything ever. Made or known, and it's a person who comes to dwell in you. What I really want to leave you with today is that the God we serve is all-powerful. The spiritual battle is real and we need to be prepared every day. He's given us the tools, remember them, put them on and stand. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. You're an iron man or an iron woman, powered by an incredible power source, And given a suit of armour that if you choose to put on daily, you can tackle anything that comes your way. But not just to defend, but to break down walls and to take down the enemy. If you haven't already, I urge you to put your trust in Christ today. Be filled with God's power in the very person of the Holy Spirit. And put on the incredible armour of God. And I pray for you and for me as Paul did, that God will give us the words to fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, as we should. Amen.